quick note to everyone. We, being somewhat of a creative type, decided not to put any of these out during uh, strikes. And you are now hearing them because the SAG strike is over. So yeah, enjoy. And I'm going to go straight into it. This is not pre-recorded. God is going to be so stoked that we like each other. This is... They're all going to laugh at him. I'm Alex Sprague. And I'm Jess Geyer. I still don't know how to how to start, <laughs> how to start yeah. our podcast. <laughs> it was way easier when it was every day. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Today, we watched a coming-of-age film. You are so not invited to my bat mitzvah. And it is hard to remember the name of this movie. It's, it is. it's too long. It is really hard to remember. And, you know, the, the funny thing about it is, the weird thing about it is that, like, the font gives it, like, an 80s nostalgia vibe. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, an 80s or 90s nostalgia vibe, which I thought was kind of odd. Um, but, yeah, you're so not invited to my bat mitzvah. I mean, I can't think of a better name for it, and it does make sense given the context of the movie, but, man... It's also based off a book. It's based uh, it's off a book. It's the exact same name. I didn't yes. know that. Yes, it's based off a book. Well, I um, didn't do any research, so I don't. <laughs> I don't even know like who directed this or wrote it or anything like that. Uh, fun fact: first directed film since uh, uh, Billy Madison by a woman. Oh, first you mean first Happy Madison? Yes, you did film just with say Adam first, Sandler. It's, it's the no first. first ever it's the first one who was the director of this one uh it was sammy cohen so yeah this this movie uh has adam sandler in it we'll talk about the sandler too but it stars his daughter uh and that is the only thing i really know um alex you're usually the one who goes into the sandler so why don't why don't you go ahead and do that yeah this is obviously a three sandler film um, while it wasn't technically written by Adam Sandler, it is produced by him, it's made by Happy Madison, and in many ways it stars him, but it also specifically stars his entire family. So I think that is well in the three-star region. Um, I don't think at this point, when you're turning something into a movie, um, I assume Alison Peck, who is the writer, the screenwriter of this, did a great job having me not having read the source material, turning this into a movie. Um, But there is a lot of stuff that it's very obvious had the happy Madison thumb on the scale. Um, Yeah. It it also does have some of the people like has, um, what's his name? The guy who plays the dad of the best friend. Louise Guzman. Yeah. I love Louise Guzman. (laughs) And and he's been in a couple other Sandler yeah, films I, before. I, I mean, uh, Sandler's uh, wife in the film was Adina Menzel from Uncut Gems, too. Um, her, uh, well, her name is Adele Dazeem. That's that's a what? funny that's a funny joke. It's okay. Oh, one time John Travolta sorry. mispronounced her name Adele Dazeem. Okay, and I can't stop <laughs> thinking about it ever since. <laughs> um, yeah, because from my point of view, that was the wildest statement I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> just saying someone's name wrong. Um, and it had uh, uh, Ido, Ido Moseri, uh, I think his name is, who is in just a ton of stuff uh, from from just Sandler films. Yeah, it has a lot of like Happy Madison style jokes and, and humor and stuff. So it's it's three Sandler, and I'm guessing that you cried zero times. Uh so it was one, and it would have been two, but one of the craziest crimes I've seen in a while <laughs> is during the emotional cli- climax of this movie, just rewound it to show that someone's hat fell off. And I was like, oh, <laughs> crazy thing to do. Uh, I really, was, we can I blame was, the background actor on that one, so. I, <laughs> so uh, it, it I only did tear up once. It would have been twice, but. Mm. Uh, Jess decided to rewind stuff. 
Uh, do you want to do you want to guess my laughs on this one? Oh, you laughed a lot. I also laughed a lot. There were there were some genuinely funny move, m- moments in this movie. I think that you laughed a good fifty six times. Fifty no thirty four, which is like pre- that's that's what you expect from a, a a middling comedy. As in, it's not the funniest movie I've ever seen. It's also not supposed to be the funniest movie you've ever seen. Well, I'll tell you what, Alex, you laughed more times in Outlaws. I laughed more in the movie Outlaws. Yeah. Well, yeah, that movie was funnier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this movie's better. Don't this get me wrong. Yeah, I really like this one. Uh, but yeah, it was not incredibly funny. Uh, there is jokes that hit, but some, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's also pretty, pretty notably, and we'll get into this. I'm not the person this movie's for which is fine but no i still enjoyed it no um all right you want to guess some tomato meter i do i think that this was probably pretty well received i think that it probably has like an 80 percent audience score at least and it probably has like around the same for critics critics gave it 91 percent. wow yeah that doesn't uh, surprise I, me but you have forgotten that people who like adam sandler movies are overwhelmingly not jewish ah. so it is 61 percent audience score this is a rare, better critically received than uh, uh, other people. And based on Reddit, it is a lot of people being like, I didn't get why people would like this movie. Uh, and they like we're just weird. Yeah, the audience, the audience for this movie is not the typical Adam Sandler audience, but it does suck that anti-Semitism would ruin some of those scores. Because it's, it's a really good movie. It's also like a... Um, it's, it's for girls. It's a movie for girls. It's a coming of age movie about a girl I, I will and her bar mitzvah. So the, the Reddit, uh, hive mind, it was much more a hatred of women and mm. young people than it was, Great. uh, anti-Semitism. So Great. don't, don't you worry. Oh, good. It's just a little yeah. bit of misogyny in there. <laughs> a little bit of hatred toward Gen Z. That's awesome. The, the amount of people who saw that this movie didn't star Adam Sandler, but his daughter, and then turned it off, is so funny to me, based on the comments. Oh, my God. I watched for five minutes, and it wasn't about Adam Sandler. <laughs> Do you... <laughs> Sick. Um, <laughs> like, I don't I don't know if I really... I should care about Nepo babies, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like a thing that it seems like I would, like, have have an opinion on, and I just I don't give a shit. People who make art tend to be rich because they get a lot of tries at stuff. Uh, and that's just how it is. I mean, that's, that's yeah, true. Sucks. And I mean, <laughs> I think I think that uh, Sunny Sandler, who's the star of this movie, I think that she did a really good job. I think that she is she's a better actress than her older sister and her mom are. Um, yeah. And you know, people. I used I did to give find Adam Sandler uh, a lot of son- shit. Funny though. Yeah. Well, no, her character is hilarious. Um, I yeah. thought all the characters in this were pretty well written too, um, with a couple exceptions at certain moments. But I guess they somewhat redeemed themselves. Um, do, do you want to get into the movie, like what what it's about, before we dive into some themes? Yeah, I just wanted to check one thing, which is, um, Sonny Sandler, the main character in this so she yeah she's only like 15 yeah Wait, she's was she playing young. she was playing her actual age then that's nuts yeah she's she's a little older than her actual age because she's supposed to be turning 13 in this movie well but this movie would have been filmed like a year prior i assume i don't know how quickly yeah out, so not yeah. not that much older yeah she's she's <laughs> more or less playing her age um it's so funny because at that age and i'm sure i'll talk about it later too Kids can either appear very young or they can appear, like, a lot older. Like, a a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old can either look like they're 8 or they can look like they're 15. It's so funny to see the difference. And you do kind of see this difference in the movie. Um, because there's like the kid who plays Mateo in this movie looks like a baby. (laughs) And he looks like he's in third grade. (laughs) There is a joke he has told many times of going to a bar mitzvah and every guy there is five foot or like four or five and every girl is like five, seven and how funny it is. (laughs) And I like that they purposely like set that up. 
Yeah, I thought <laughs> it's true as as someone who has taught middle school before. And also this happens like I mean, the, the difference doesn't really even out until they're like 16, to be honest, um, between boys and girls like boys take forever to look like they're they're 16. Um, it's so funny. Well, not all of them. There's there's always a weird difference. There's always like really again like uh, older looking kids and then really young babies. <laughs> it's, it's so cute to me. Um. Anyway, uh, yeah, let, let's dive into it. So you're so not invited to my bat mitzvah starts us off right up the bat to let us know that this is a coming of age movie. Um, Sunny's character, her name is Stacy. Uh, she has a voiceover talking about different traditions and she talks about her tradition she's she's jewish she's going to have her bat mitzvah soon um and it opens up with like this idealized perfect bat mitzvah there's a huge party there's a dj and i'm thinking wow this is like very extravagant this is wild um and then it ends up being uh well you you can kind of start figuring out that it's a dream sequence when the camera pans Mm -hmm. to her crush and her crush has like this very stilted little monologue saying can i kiss you um and then then the dream is over and she is kissing her mirror and uh, she is being asked to go get ready for another kid's um, bar mitzvah. And uh, I thought that that was a really good introduction. Uh, But one thing I was a little, um, I thought that, oh my gosh, of course the the actual parties in this movie aren't going to be that over the top, right? No, they are all also (laughs) really extravagant the entire time. Yeah. The, the movie takes place in rich, Yes. California. Oh, yeah. Everyone, everyone in this movie is notably rich except one or two people, uh, and it is uh, who are made fun of for being poor. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's getting ready to go to this bar mitzvah, um, and she wants to – Stacy wants to put on heels, and her older sister, who's played by her real older sister, uh, Sadie Sandler, um, the older sister's name is Ronnie – um, and I'm going to use those names because I will confuse Sonny and Sadie yeah, for sure. Think... Uh, tells her that her mom is never going to let her wear them, but she goes to try anyway. And uh, we have some cute moments with the family. We get to know them. It's a caring family. The dad loves his daughters, like very obviously, like playing off of probably some of the real dynamics in their household. Like he's kind of silly. Um, it, Let's lets the daughter's plan his heartstrings a little bit, but ultimately sides with his wife about these decisions. Um, but the older sister and I thought that this was great. This this is very true to life. The older sister speaks up for her younger sister, saying like just let her wear the heels, and the mom caves. But Stacy rolls her heel in him, so she ends up grabbing uh, her Chuck Taylors anyway, despite the fact that she said she was going to be twinning with her friend. Um, her friend Lydia, her best friend, who will be another main character in this movie, is also going to the bar mitzvah with them, gets into the car with the family, um, and they she puts on the Chuck Taylors that she has also grabbed for her so they could still be twinning for this party. Um, yeah, during during this movie, um, during the scene, uh, there's a couple gags, like running gags that continue throughout, um, like mm-hmm. Ronnie and her friend, her her roommate, I don't who who is this who is this lady friend we'll talk about themes later um her and her best friend i'll say are watching uh it on their phone during the bar mitzvah and two boys come over and ask if they're wa- like if they've ever seen leprechaun <laughs> leprechaun, leprechaun in the hood. 2 in the hood yeah <laughs> and they say no it sucked or yes it sucked and they walk away um we also get some of those other coming of age themes like their um friend uh, talking about how her mom let her shave her legs for the first time. I I remember that. Again, very, very much like whoever wrote this movie, and you told me this is based off a book, like I get it. Like this person, it, yeah, it would have really, it surprised things. me. Yeah, it would have really surprised mm-hmm. me if it was a man. Um, I, I found uh, the more interesting thing uh, for that was their little games they play, which seem very realistic to being young also. Oh, yeah. Because... Uh, like the girls were watching sad videos <laughs> to see who could make themselves cry first, and the adults are like, "What the fuck is going on?" And yeah. I know that is like the scene type thing that like people turn this off on. I'm like, no, like that's that's, that's some weird kid so stuff. So realistic. That is so yeah. realistic. Um, that's the kind of stuff I would do with my sister. So mm-hmm. I get it. Um, 
And yeah, so in the scene, like I said, we we get other things set up too. Like um, one of the older moms starts drinking or lets the older sister drink. Um, they're taking shots. Um, we meet the uh, where is he from? Ecuador. Yes. Because they originally call him an Italian exchange student. He's an Ecuadorian exchange student um, who is there. Mateo. Mateo. Um, And we see the second crush cam is what I'll call it, where like the camera kind of slows down. It zooms in on the crush. His name is Andy Goldfarb. Um, He's played by a kid named Dylan Hoffman. Apparently no relation to Dustin. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's I thought this scene was so funny because uh, Stacy is like, you know, so involved in her own like life and, and like has all of this personality and is pretty mature. Um, and then it zooms over to Andy and she's like crushing on him and he's just wailing on one of his friends <laughs> with what I wrote down is an Astro Crag thing. I don't know what you'd call it. It's like a big foam. Yeah. They basically had a, uh, uh, Agro-crag, uh the, not the Q-tip fight thing uh version of that (laughs) some people would understand but it wasn't on a balance beam yeah Uh, we also see the mean the mean girls is what i'll call them now they're like the super cool girls they're super stylish um we get to see all of them so we're setting up all the main characters and then um stacy's thinking about her own bat mitzvah that's coming up and she has a powerpoint for her parents that she's presenting with her friend lydia um how they want all of these things they want olivia rodrigo to come perform they want all these people um who's the guy who's the old guy i recognized his picture but i don't know who it was do you remember who was on that powerpoint um oh it was paul mccartney paul mccartney yeah, <laughs> they put was, in paul was McCartney the old for guy the that, that yeah <laughs> the dad would like um, and this is in this next scene too, by the way, Ronnie is watching Leprechaun 2 in the hood with Zara, which is another, it's just the running gag that she continually takes on the suggestions of the boys who bother her. Um, and she says that, oh, we'll pay for all this extravagant stuff with my college fund. And, mm. um, it's very clear in the scene that Stacy thinks that the party is what's important. Even in, in her initial like monologue over this, um, like she says that if she if she has a good bat mitzvah, it's the start of her adult life. If this party goes right, the rest of her life will go right. It's like this huge thing, but it's really about the party. And they make this very obvious in this scene because when um, her mom and dad are talking to her about like the religious aspects and then the, the mitzvah project that she's supposed to do, she says, that's not important. Um, and then she says, well, maybe it's important to you and like old people and God and stuff, but it's not important to me. It's like the party is what it is. And again, very, very realistic here. Like a 13 year old is going to care about the, the, the cool party stuff. Cause she's a child. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh yeah she even talks about how like oh man if i have a bad party i'm gonna end up like kate Ka- uh what's her name kate cosman something like, along <laughs> something like that like yeah, there's just like another another joke there about uh like what happens if you have a bad party um it at school yeah you sound like you're gonna say something nothing i uh I, I just learned that this movie was set in New Jersey, uh, which, given that it was filmed in Toronto and looked like it was from L.A., I didn't get that, but I found mm. it was funny. I don't think that the setting really mattered at all. Well, I was thinking about the class stuff, uh, and like especially right here with like how much money they're spending. Mm-hmm. In my mind, that is a big... Because uh, they make references to the show Sweet 16 in the narrative start. Yeah. That was a West Coast thing in my mind, but I'm like, actually, it was also like New Jersey, New York, too. Yeah. Like, um, and I now see a lot more, uh, 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 kind of mixes between the setting of this and, uh, 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 Miss, Miss Marvel, was it? The, the one with, uh, Kamala Khan? The, yeah, Kamala Khan. I don't remember what the actual show was called, but very, very kind of similar settings yeah but anyway you know no i think i think like i said i don't think the setting matters so much 
in except for the fact that it's it's a rich wealthy neighborhood everyone here is rich and wealthy they get, they can afford to spend all this money probably mm-hmm. so they don't have other worries involved like they don't have to they're, they can do whatever they want, basically, and the kids kind of have free reign, and there's not, like, those kinds of complaints happening. Uh, and, I mean, it it works. It would be silly, I think, if it were... It would be silly for the Sandlers to pretend that they are regular people at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a movie. They can... No, 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 yeah. no, I, mean, I, I wouldn't have a issue if they did that well, but the movie's not about that. It is no. just uh, slightly lampshaded at times uh, yeah. about how much money they have even though they think they're not like rich um so they're at but school I, um, I guess my point being though at the end is the houses they show in new jersey make them wealthy if those were in la they are rich rich so that was that's yeah. kind of just where i end that's fair Um, so they're at school and we get a couple scenes where we see Lydia, the best friend, gets complimented by the Mean Girls for her skirt. Um, we see also during this scene, um, where we get another crush cam where Stacy is watching her crush Andy play soccer. Uh, she notices Lydia also watching him. So, uh uh-oh, there's already some trouble brewing here. And But while she's watching all this happen, uh, Andy kicks a soccer ball into her face. Uh, (laughs) Very well-timed. Very, very fun, funny stuff. We get some more gags just to remind us, oh, these are are kids going through puberty because we see Nikki, who is kind of the nerd of their friend group with a bunch of Band-Aids on her legs, and the boy not understanding why there are Band-Aids on her legs. Um, Um... they go to Hebrew school also because, of course, they're all studying for their bar and bat mitzvahs. They're going to Hebrew school, um, and uh, they wonder why Mateo is there at Hebrew school, even though, like, why is this exchange student there too? But there he is. I also continue to wonder this throughout the movie. Um, mm. And there's a funny scene where the DJ... Uh, who's like the he's the bar mitzvah dj the entire time he's just a goofy silly character he gets into a car accident and busts up his purple kia we also see some other recurring gags where what's his name what's the kid's name was it alex uh the, you have to tell me which kid the you're one who about. the one who's the butt of every joke who always Anthony, wants to hear I believe. An- yeah something like that um there's another kid who's like always the butt of everybody's joke or like is always like shat on um, yeah, he's just like a very short, nice kid. So they just constantly like <laughs> swing at him when there's nothing else to do, which is very funny. Um, she has another little meetup with with Andy, uh, who asks if she is okay, if she's good, bruh. He says, "You good, bruh," and it's it made me feel like I was in my school I was teaching at that moment because that's all I hear like all the time um and he asks her if he barfed because he barfed at soccer when he had a concussion like he's just being a gross kid and she's like so obsessed with him again like so true to form um we also so we get to meet her their rabbi rabbi Rebecca um we'll talk a little bit I'll talk a little bit at least about rabbi Rebecca later Played by Sarah Sherman, just kind of a goofy character. Um, hmm. um, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Uh, Kim, who is one of the mean girls, one of the cool kids, invites Lydia to her house where there are some people over. And um, Stacy and Lydia talk about, like, oh, should we go? Should I go? And Stacy says, well, like, I think that they all suck, but if you want to go, like, whatever. And then Lydia asks, if she can bring Stacy and Kim says cool and so they go but they also decide not to invite their other two friends because clearly they are not as cool as them they're not as pretty or conventionally attractive I should say as as uh Lydia and Stacy are and they certainly would be welcome but they make the excuse to say and they're poor and they make the excuse to say like oh it would be weird to bring three people along uh, so they go um, to yeah yeah I I think the uh, instead of kind of being bogged down in the details of what happens here I think the important thing is just that 
they make a statement of that they can't be excited and they can't uh like don't disagree show don't emotion. get too excited yes you have to go along with their saying and not seem too enthusiastic otherwise you won't be cool and then that is the entirety of what happens and that's what ronnie says that's that's the advice the older sister gives so which is not what she does is no. an important i think no she is she is not someone who is who is probably conventionally cool yeah yeah she has one friend she has one good friend that we see often doesn't like she's not super wearing super trendy clothes at all but she says like the rule of going to a cool kid's house is she says the first time you go to a cool kid's house she said specifically mm-hmm. um anyway so they go to the house um eventually they end up going to the ledge um it's said in such a dramatic way that if at that moment they had decided to pivot this movie to a horror movie it would have felt perfectly in alignment to be honest (laughs) um but the ledge is just a cliff over a quarry pool right um and like very it it really looked like the same cliff from oh crap what's grown-ups grown-ups too yes and grown-ups i guess which I, I guess this is – I'd made a point of saying this seems like a very East Coast thing because I've never seen uh, that happen in the Midwest or uh, on the West Coast. And I guess I was just right and didn't realize that this was a East Coast film. Yeah, we we don't have cliffs in the Midwest, certainly. Although kids do jump in places, but they're usually not like secluded little areas except like way out in the country. Well, a lot of people just jump into quarries, too. But I yeah. guess maybe we don't, maybe have, don't have rocks in the Midwest. Well, we we don't have quarries because uh, we don't have anything. We don't have any resources other than corn. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're they're all there. All the cool kids are there. They're all talking about, like, their stuff. Um, and Andy, of course, is there. Um, and... Uh, oh, yeah. Some of the things they're talking about is, like, getting lip filler or Botox. Like, again, these are 13-year-olds. Uh, so we're, we're seeing, like, the, the kind of difference between the lives of these kids compared to Stacy's family. Um, hmm. So these are, like, supposed to be the, the super rich kids, I guess, or, like, the super – I don't know. I don't know if they're supposed to be richer or if they're just supposed to be, like uh, – I don't think it matters. Yeah. They're trendy is it, and being rich is trendy. Um, but yeah, they they don't show up really in yeah. the movie. They're just there to show the what the scene's like. Yeah, and in this scene, Andy introduces himself to Lydia, um, and you know this kind of obviously upsets Stacy. Stacy, after people are talking uh, talking about daring each other to jump in and how how crazy it would be to jump in, you'll definitely hurt yourself. You'll definitely become paralyzed, etc. Um, Stacy says that she'll jump. And Lydia tries to talk her out of it, uh, which, you know, that's a good idea. You should definitely talk. Lydia didn't want to go to the ledge at all anyway. She said, we shouldn't do this. Let's not uh, go. I, I still, f- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help support Stacy at this time. She didn't want to go because she got what she wanted out of it, which was them to come to a party she was throwing. Yes, that, that she, is. She, she no longer needed to prove herself. She, she had confirmed the thing. Which but Stacey she was still only has in- stuff to prove. Yeah, and she was only invited to the cool kids' party because she was wearing an expensive skirt. So, like... That's right. I, I understand where it's all coming from, and I think some it's very obvious to me, based on reviews, that people didn't understand any of that. No, I mean, they're, I'm not saying that either of these girls are in the wrong. I see both of their motivations. Um, I mean, Stacey yeah, they're, definitely, they're children. So. Yeah. Stacey definitely I'm has something to prove. That's here. what the plot is, though. The like the the jumping and stuff happens, but the reason for it is all this is this machinations of trying to be accepted. That's true. So she jumps. Stacy jumps. Everyone's recording. Everyone's watching. Everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, that's so cool!" Until her pad floats up um, into the pool and embarrasses her, um, and like. Lydia laughs, too, and she sees this happen. But Lydia comes down, um, tries to comfort her. They have a bit of a fight um, because, you know, you know, I she did this jumping thing and it kind of backfired. She's embarrassed. 
uh, and St- uh, Lydia, not Lydia, Stacy says that her crush on Andy has now ended. Um, and, uh, well, that's not true because her crush doesn't end, but we'll get there. Um, later on, they go to, like, their dad wants to go to the movies, um, but Stacy ends up asking, because they're not talking, they had a fight, um, they, she's not responding to her messages, uh, and Lydia is tr- still trying to ask her, like, are you coming to my party or not, um, like, because she had invited all these people and she was expecting her to come over. So Stacy ends up going over, but when she's at the party, she sees that Andy's bike is there. And when she goes in, she sees Lydia and Andy kiss. Uh, and that causes an even bigger blowout. And this ends up in Stacy blocking Lydia's number. Big deal. And the title drop. And the title drop. Yes, they do say the title in this movie. Um... We get another couple scenes about Hebrew school because yeah. in the background yeah, of I this, think, there's still... I think you can... Yeah, we can I'm, skip I'm forward like the next half hour of the movie. Though. I'm skipping. So they're um, they in Hebrew right. school. I think it's important to note that there's still this background happening. Um, and then um, she ends up also making... Because uh, she said that she was going to do the introduction video for Leah's bat mitzvah entrance. She makes one but adds in a bunch of embarrassing videos from all of the things that she's recorded, you know, over the years that she's known her best friend since she was a child, adds this all in, um, and then just saves it and closes her laptop. Um, it's, it's just like a bunch of really gross, embarrassing stuff that Lydia had done. Um, Lydia ends up dating Andy entirely. This obviously causes a lot of fights. They are not friends anymore. Um, I wrote in here at some point, I wrote Andy's such a shit, uh, (laughs) But Lydia's still trying, uh, Stacy's still trying to kind of steal him from Lydia, including going to the retirement home where Andy's grandma is at, under the guise of her mitzvah project, but it's really there just to try to steal uh, Andy away and get her, get him to break up with Lydia, which ends up working. Uh, and. Uh, uh, well, no, it's, it's because she's constantly fueling rumors about her into, into the world. Yes. Yeah, she um, is actively and, doing this. She's, yeah, she's be, actively she's, destroying their relationship so that she can do it. It's yeah. not a, it's not a love went out. No, no. And the dude's shitty enough to like be like, oh, this person said, said one shitty thing and then acted hot in front of me, so I'll just like date her now. Yes. Um. And right after this all happens, the next time they're at Hebrew school, uh, when. Stacy has gone off to go to the bathroom. Andy also excuses herself, himself, asks her if she wants to go make out, and then they go make out in front. Well, they kiss. They go well, kiss in front of the Torah. Big no-no. No, it it is a bastardization of her dream from the very beginning. Yeah, he does a weird little monologue, kind of that is just a kind of greasy version of what he says in her dream. So, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so they, they get caught by the rabbi. Big, big deal. Um, she's in big trouble. Uh, there's a really funny gag with a, uh, where Rabbi Rebecca changes her uh, kippah. She she puts on a uh, misfits yarmulke. <laughs> Said very funny. Made me laugh very loud. Um, yeah, so things don't work out for her and Andy either. It's not like they start dating. Um, in fact, all it does is that it makes her feel a little bit more alone. She doesn't, she has all these new cool friends, but they're not her good friends. And, uh, at Lydia's bat mitzvah, um, because during the big fight that she was having with her dad over the fact that she got caught kissing, uh, at the temple, um, her mom, sends the video the entrance video that had all of the embarrassing stuff to Lydia's mom for the bat mitzvah and this is what ends up playing at the actual bat mitzvah party and this is a huge deal Lydia runs out um even though even though Stacy tried to stop it uh and this is this is the friendship ending crime that is committed um even though it's not Yes, it's not Stacy's fault that this is the video that got sent. She's not the one who actually sent it, but she yeah, she made it. She did make it. 
she definitely made it and she also had done all of these things leading up to this that even if it's not her fault this time it's like why would Lydia believe her at this point cuz all I mean, yeah. all Stacy's been doing is sending to, me to messages trying to break clear, her up all of that the the video is from her clearly and ends with crossing out that they're best friends forever yeah. on live video like there's no ambiguity if anyone saw this video they'd assume uh that was that that and she did run up to the person playing it and like no one could hear what she was yelling just that she was yelling at him so yeah there is no uh like i I know the moms are also at fault for not checking any of that stuff but like yeah you don't don't make something like that why would they think that these two best friends would have had such a falling out because they are also not telling their parents about any of this. Their parents are kind of clueless about this whole fight the entire time because they don't know why they haven't, like when they're shopping for bat mitzvah dresses, they don't, they like say, well, I haven't seen you in forever. They still think that their daughters are best friends, all of that. Mm-hmm. So if, like I, I wouldn't check necessarily. I wouldn't necessarily verify it if I didn't think that anything was wrong. So, I get why. I, I would never play something in public. I didn't check myself. <laughs> I mean, fair. Um, I, I though, I guess on because that have worked in like running events. That is a thing you do. <laughs> it's like make sure that the things work correct. Yeah, that's fair. Um. Um. Yeah. Stacy's life is basically ruined too, um, because her other friends find out that they weren't invited to these parties too, but they end up making up with Lydia, but not with Stacy. So Stacy is all alone. She does not want to go to her own bat mitzvah. She threatens to not go. Um, she has to be dragged there by her parents. Um, and uh, in the middle of doing her hot Torah, she. Um, has a speech where she says her like she says she has like this is what it means to be a woman for her she's been shitty she's been a bad person she can't believe that she's ruined this relationship with her best friend and this is all triggered by the fact that she sees the reserved for signs for her best friend um her best friend who is supposed to sit in the front row while she's you know while she's doing this very important religious rite for her um and they're not there so she's talking about how all of this sucks she has to finish um her ceremony and then she goes running off sprinting um i wrote here Uh, well yeah let me let me she gives that reasoning an apology goes to leave yes and her dad stops her and says you have to do your responsibility first then you can solve the problem and then she goes back and she recites it and that is the point where Jess rewound in the middle of, <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> and I was, I'm I was sorry. aghast. That's why. That's why the background actor should have just let let it be. He should have just let it slide off his head. Obviously, he, he, it, it only fell off because she she tried to run away, so he had to turn his head too fast. It happens. <laughs> so but she yeah, runs. Uh, she there's a there's a scene where she's sprinting through the neighborhoods, going to her friend's house. She knocks on the door, knock knock knock. Lydia, Lydia, I want to talk to you. I want to apologize. And Lydia is having none of it. Lydia says everything that's on her mind. Uh, she tells her like, "You have just been the most awful person. You ruined what was supposed to be the most important day of my life. This thing that we've been planning. How am I supposed to forgive you for that?" Um, and Stacy tries to convince her, like, uh, like, just come to my bat mitzvah. I will try to make everything okay. It'll be worth it, she says. Um, and, and Lydia shuts the door on her. So at the party, there's a cute scene where the mom who had previously bought her a very conservative dress for, um, for the part of her bat mitzvah at the temple, um, gives her her cute pink party dress and some heels, but Stacy puts on the converse anyway, um, just a cute little coming of age moment. She's she is not doing this error of femininity and being an adult. She's you know making her own smart decisions instead. Um, uh, 
they're waiting at like before the entrance to the party she's waiting to see if Lydia will show up she says it's none of this is worth it if Lydia doesn't show up and she does right on time because she has given her party for Lydia to make it up for her the the entrance song the entrance video it's all there for Lydia um and that is uh, what she has done for her is a matter of forgiveness as a matter of apology and forgiveness um, for that. And it works. They, they make up, they hug, there's a cute party scene. Um, they dance together. Um, and I'll talk about this scene a little bit more later, especially uh, when I get into one of my favorite themes. Um, she dances with Lydia. She goes and dances with Mateo. Um, and then the ending says like, oh, you might've thought that that was my mitzvah project. No, that wasn't. That was just being a best friend. And her real mitzvah project is at the end. They have a bake sale at the, at the temple. Uh, and that is the end of the movie. Yes. Um, talking about themes. Uh, I, I, do you, do you want to start with the one you want to talk about most or end with that? Uh, let's end with that one because I think that there's the most to grab onto there. Mm. Um, do you want to uh, let's talk about coming of age and Mary Kate and Ashley uh, films? <laughs> I was gonna say my only uh, real real view of female coming of age films is Mary and Kate Ashley films. So anything not through that lens, I have not seen, and I was like, based on that lens, this is this is really good. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it was really, really well done. Um, yeah. I think that they really nailed it with some of the embarrassing aspects of mm-hmm. being a girl and going through puberty. Like, there's a lot of, like, obviously, boys go through a lot of physical changes, too. But the idea that puberty for girls and growing up for girls is something that has been minimized and has been t- made taboo. Um, I think that they do a good job of, like, acknowledging that, but also celebrating um, girls growing up. Um, yeah, they, I, they I thought... make a point of one scene. It's a bunch of uh, older women sitting around a table basically talking about how different it is since they were coming of age and the things that are allowed to be said and the things like the events that are celebrated and stuff. Yeah. Um, and not in a way that like they, they have a little cattiness at times of like, like, oh, we used to just like have a party in our house. Um, but more so it's it's a kind of stronger celebration of who is allowed to celebrate themselves. Yeah. And I, I think that they they really and it felt genuine. It didn't feel like ham fisted in there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really well tied into the rest of the movie. And maybe that's because it's based off of a book. Maybe this wouldn't have been as strong if there wasn't a stronger like piece of writing to build off of. Um, it, but yeah, I thought that that felt, that felt very true. The scene where her pad floats up in the quarry water, um, the, <laughs> the girls like, yeah, they laugh cause it is, you know, they would laugh, but they also yeah. defend her. Um, the boys are like laughing at her, but the girls end up then like once, once the boys start laughing, the girls are like, well, you could never handle it. Like you suck. Shut up. (laughs) Which I thought that that was really nice. It wasn't like, yes, there is some girls fighting girls attitude here. Um, but it's just like, yeah, there's shitty kids around and that's, it is not, uh, it didn't feel like a weird tear down. Um, right. It was, I think, uh, it, it reminded me of, like, this is a movie that couldn't have been made before Mean Girls, is is the way <laughs> yeah, I put yeah. it. But now everyone gets that click because that movie kind of put in uh, the fact that this is shitty to do, but also it is a realistic thing that happens and you have to get past that. Yeah, and I think it has some really good models of female friendship, like girlhood friendship, as well as adult woman friendship and companionship throughout it. Because we see the relationships between Stacy and Lydia, of course, and the rest of their friend group. We see um, the friendship with the two moms. We see the friendship with the older ladies. We see the friendships 
um, between uh, the older sister uh, and and so Ronnie and Zara. So we we get to see a lot of that. Friendship is definitely at the core of this movie, and I also felt like that was a, a good representation. So for the coming of age stuff too, I mean, very very well well centered, very well developed. We definitely see like different points of view on what womanhood means for um, this girl as she's growing up Um, and what that ends up meaning for her is being herself and not and not letting things get in between her and the things that matter that actually matter to her because in the end Andy is just like being a fuck boy still like he's (laughs) he sucks he's such a little shithead and it is silly it is that's a that's the childish thing which is so and funny because in a lot of girl coming of age movies, the coming of age is I'm falling in love, uh, and in this one, the the idea of falling in love with this grody boy is like he's not even grody. Like he's supposed to be a cute boy. No, he, he no, he's supposed to be a shitbag. He's he supposed is, to be a shitbag, and that based is on the child. Every thing. Sandler thing is he is the bad guy in this. Yes, um, maybe more so than he should be, but uh, he I don't remember his last name. Was it? Goldfarb. Uh, Goldfarb, yeah. Uh, but he he does the thing where he yells Goldfarb rules, showing that he's an O'Doyle and therefore should be a piece of shit. Like oh, that's shit. I didn't even they, get that. Yeah, he he dribbles a ball past a senior citizen. He also uh, makes like his trying grandma... to square him up. Yeah. <laughs> he gives he makes his grandma do wheelies in her wheelchair. He sucks. Um, yeah, I knew like... he was supposed to suck the first moment I laid eyes on him, though, because again we've seen Stacy. She's like this. She's got it together, and her the first time we actually see her. Well, no, she has it together for a twelve-year-old. Yeah, uh, that's fine. But like at the start of the movie, she is not supposed to be who she ends the movie. No, right, right. But she she's like, you know, she has a good head on her shoulders. She's smart. She has strong friendships. And the first thing we see is him wailing on his friend. Then nothing wrong with that. If (laughs) if you brought me that party. With those inflatables, I am beating the shit out of all my friends with the big inflatable things, and that's fine. <laughs> I mean, There's that's nothing fair. wrong with that. That's fair. Um, yeah, so I, th- I thought that that was really well done. Um, I have not really seen a lot of Mary Kate and Ashley movies, though, so I cannot comment on that. Someone didn't have TBS growing up. <laughs> so uh, the channel I got for free. Um, but yeah, I mean, Mary Kate Ashley films always ended with them finding boys that were also like nearly twins uh and they're like ah now we know what's up you also um, have a note on here that just says cool in quotation marks do you want to speak oh on yeah that? There, there was a uh a, a throughout the entire film the idea of all the cool kids being uncaring not excited about things and uh like shitty to each other is a thing that you constantly see in Sandler films. Um, I, I mean, it is just a thing, but the idea of the cool people always being the shittiest people you've ever met is always funny to me. You know what? Um, I'm, you're making me realize that this is also linked into the coming of age thing. The reason why like kids, especially like younger teens and even some older teens, they think that being adult is, is not getting excited is not because to them excitement is childish. Yeah. Whereas it, like if we've seen anything from Adam Sandler, like you can still be goofy and be an adult in his movies. Like, yeah, he has to not be super like he has to it, get his act together in, in all of his movies, but you still have to be responsible, but right. you can be excited about things and right. enjoy things. And uh, all the, the quote unquote cool people in this movie don't enjoy things. Yes. Um, but also are like, they love tearing down others. But if you mention something they're bad at, they freak out. Uh, yeah. Cause like uh, uh, the, the boy was like, they're like, yeah, competition's lame. He's like, well, I play soccer though. And then like, yeah. it was like, and then, uh sunny says like well your girlfriend does dance and that's like art so it's not like real competition and then he goes well yeah true true like (laughs) and it's just like yeah only if you're being really shitty are you cool and that's and it's so obviously not a thing that uh they the people writing this movie and like acting it care for um i think it fit in pretty well Mm -hmm. but it's also a thing you see a ton of so in real life. 
Um, I mean, we also there's like, I think the the really good representation of teenagerdom in this movie is the older sister character too, because she does still do goofy things, but she also does still have the teenage angst. Like, I don't want to deal with mm-hmm. you right now, Dad. Like, I want to be alone. Leave me alone. Um, which you know that's very normal for teenagers. So, but they, we also see her playing games and doing silly stuff with her friend. Uh, so. I, I really like the characterization of that smaller bit character. And I really think like also as an older sister myself, I think that that was really well done to see the, like, yes, you do care about your older sister. You support her, but you're still going to find her annoying at a lot of times. And you're still going to have your own life a lot of times. Um, mm. I, 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 I'm a big fan of sisters in media. Uh, do you want to talk about my, my important theme? Yeah, but before that, let's just say, uh, like, one of the biggest themes in this movie is just Judaism, and yeah. it seemed to be, um, one of the things they did interestingly, in my opinion, is they didn't over-explain every aspect of Judaism. Um, they didn't explain why you, uh, uh, like, have to read the Torah at your bar mitzvah and stuff like that. It's just a movie seemingly for people who understand that stuff, um. You yeah, don't need I'm sure. to understand it to enjoy the movie, but like it is refreshing in a way of like not having a movie being like, and here's why it's so important to us. Do you know our history about X and like stuff like that? Um, it's just like, no, this is just a thing people do and it's pretty normalized. And I'm sure Which, that there uh, were a lot of references that I didn't get. Like there are some musical references that I'm not sure where like what the reference or the joke was, but people in the in group yeah. would have but they also did I feel like they did such a good job of celebrating what makes their culture unique and what like what it means to be a part of their community. I thought mm-hmm. I thought it was really nice. I think you're right. It was very refreshing. It felt very authentic. Yeah, I do know uh people are really angry at a joke made uh though which I find funny cuz at one point uh, uh Mateo crosses himself when something bad happens and which is was funny because it was at a mitzvah and then uh sarah sherman who plays a rabbi does it later on and they're like that is just like not okay to do and blah blah i'm like i i get why the joke was what's happening is so bad that uh yeah. <laughs> sarah sherman just panics and stuff but <laughs> like well i uh, i read that as more sarcastic like uh like oh. yeah was <laughs> uh, like oh uh, it, it, i i cannot i would never in a million years be able to say what emotion sarah sherman was having at any given time no she's just kind of a goofball character um no, i just mean like thing. in everything she's ever done oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fair um that it, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, you're. Right. I think you're spot on with that, Alex. I think that that the audience is not. I, the audience is definitely for a Jewish audience, um, but it does read, in my opinion, it reads very well for someone who's not Jewish. Hmm. And young. But and whatever. yeah, it's yeah, it's for it's for. I I think it's a kids movie for sure. It's a it's a young yeah. teen. It's a tween Teens, movie. Tween movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, this movie is a romance movie and it is a homosexual romance movie. That's my opinion. Okay. Uh, continue. So there are so many like, like little hints in this movie. I don't actually think that Lydia and Stacey are gay. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but there are like a lot of romance plot points in this movie, uh, that really hit like when she is running to go see her friend that is like such a romance movie thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I a don't. Trope. Yeah, it's a very big trope, and I don't think that that was necessarily unintentional with the direction, uh, especially considering some of the other uh, things that are happening around in the background throughout this movie. So we have Ronnie and we have um, her friend Zara. They are, their friendship is never like super well explained. We don't know like where Zara is coming from. We don't really get a lot about her character, but they're always together. They're always like in the very first scene, we see them together watching a movie together. Uh, they blow off two boys that approach them in exchange for like, so they can be alone and watch this movie together. And that happens several times throughout the movie. Um, and I was thinking like, but... oh, what's happening here? 
But the movie ends with them with the boys watching yes. the movie. Yes. Um, to let us know, maybe not. Um, same thing happens with, um, well, I'll talk about Stacy and Lydia later. Um, throughout the movie, we also see um, a progress flag um, several times throughout the in the temple. Um, I thought that was awesome to have in there. Um, and at the very end scene, Nikki, one of the other characters, uh, is wearing a rainbow sweater. Um, and several times throughout the movie, some of the cool kids talk about how, oh, they are bisexual or they are they are gay. And that is the norm in their friend group, too. So we are we are hearing in the background. We're seeing these things. So when the cool club says that it's okay, some people are straight. I think a lot of uh, like boomers would think that that is a jab at the idea that everyone's gay now, but it is in fact just realistic language now um, because it's, it's something that like as a joke I have been said to uh, <laughs> because I, I forget what it's, I think I said, yeah, I think I was just saying what my Halloween costume was, and one of our friends said it's okay to be straight. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's uh, – I I definitely know in the back of my mind some, like, boomers be like, yeah, those kids are always like that. And I think it's very funny because they're unabashedly like, yes, this is fine. Yeah, and I, I think with having all that there in the background, too – um, we're being primed, like at least me as a viewer, as as a queer pro- person who's watching a movie with all these romance plot hits and tropes happen. I'm seeing all this stuff in the background. Yes, I'm going to think like, oh, is this supposed to be intentional? Is this supposed to be queer coded? Um, or is is that an accident? I don't know if it is or not. Because um, I definitely got that, you know, I got, I I thought that maybe Ronnie and Zara were girlfriends. Um, in the end, I was like, well, is like, are Lydia and Stacy going to get together? Because there's a scene where Lydia is kissing Andy and she looks like absolutely disgusted by it. Like there's a lot of little things in there. Um, we also have uh, Sarah Sherman's character who's playing Rebecca Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Rebecca. Um I, I think that there are some references to gender in Judaism. Again, I'm not the expert to talk about this, but she is wearing, um, you know, she's wearing yarmulke uh, in the in the temple, uh, which I know is something that is more acceptable now, but especially more among progressive women in the church. And I know, like, at least I know, um, I, I looked some stuff up just to see if I, because I was curious about it. Um, that I know that uh, someone wrote an essay about being a lesbian and that's why they also um, like present more masculinely. So they are also presenting more masculinely in church or in, in temple. Um, but I'm not, again, I'm not the, I'm not the right person to talk about that. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about that, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm there. I feel like they, they are making some subtle commentaries on both gender and sexuality throughout this movie. And then you have the, the emotional plot moments of this, of this, of this movie is this emotional connection between these two girls. And at the risk of, um, making everything about a romantic relationship rather than a friendship, it's, I mean, still like, even at the bat mitzvah, when the DJ says we're gonna do this love song, that's when Lydia and Stacy start dancing together. Yes, Stacy does stop dancing with her to go dance with Mateo, but there is at the beginning uh, I, of the I love song. I still feel song, like that. That's just because they feel bad for Mateo. Right. That kid's a, the biggest loser I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He's such a loser. Uh, and I, I just, I, the, the, the chemistry between Lydia and Stacy was so much higher than the chemistry between Stacy and Mateo. You know, like, I would not buy that at all. And I think that they could have cut Mateo out of this movie entirely, and it would have been a, maybe even a better movie, in all honesty. Yeah, I'm, I'm very certain that Mateo is more important in the book. Yeah. And and it's like a, oh you can't cut Mateo out of the movie type thing in the book. Yeah. Um I wonder. 
Yeah, I, I'm curious. I would love to read it and see what the differences are because I really did enjoy this movie. And it's one of the better ones that we've seen, I think, on this podcast. I thought it was really fun. Uh, it's a movie I would recommend to, you know, younger girls who would want to watch a coming-of-age movie. Um, it is it, – there are other coming-of-age movies about girls um, that I've enjoyed, like Booksmart. And uh, I know that there's like also eighth grade, which I haven't seen, but those are raunchy. Those are um, older teen movies. This one I think is appropriate for for a younger like they're there's they're trying to be a little bit mature, but they're still they're you know they're still children um, generation age group. Yeah, uh, I think like I the movie was good, but. It's as good as a movie can be that I have no, uh, like, touchstone into. Yeah. Like, I, it, I'm i so not the audience for it that I'm like, yeah, no, the movie's good. I uh, wouldn't want to watch it again, but I liked it. Yeah, so. I wouldn't want to watch it again either, but I, I do. think I, I think it was well put together. Um, I, I thought mm-hmm. the acting, like, they it felt fun the entire time. I was engaged mm-hmm. the entire time. I didn't feel bored. Um, yeah. I, I would uh, I would give it some points. I don't remember if we rate these movies at the end. <laughs> no, we just say if we like them or not, kind yeah. of. Yeah, um, I liked it. I I think it's good. Um, it was just yeah, the the whole like, and I think this is my favorite part of movie critics is, uh, let me let me type this in and get you one from. Ron Tomatoes, who thought this was a bad movie, because it shows. I feel like you have to, as a I'm you know 31 year old man, think. Well, this movie's not for me. Who's it for? Uh, <laughs> and would it be good for them? But no, paid people do not do that. Uh, instead, G. Allen Johnson of the San Francisco Chronicle. I remember this guy. I hate him. Said director Sammy Cohen takes an attention deficit disorder approach to storytelling in which every feeling and plot twist is punctuated by a current pop song and in any hint of emotion or thoughtfulness is interrupted by a needle drop. I actually like didn't really notice the music that much. No, there was only one time I noticed it and it was when you pointed it out asking if it was Olivia Rodrigo and I said yes. But oh, yeah, yeah. That but yeah, she's right, alone in a room listening yes. to music it's like a teenager does. Like a teenager. I, I thought the music was fine, you know? Uh, yeah. and they had, they, even, even then they made sure to throw in some, some jokes for old people. Yeah. One of the jokes was, uh, that the kid they always make fun of kept asking to listen to, uh, don't stop believing by journey. And this is the most realist part of the movie is a DJ going, God, I fucking hate that song. It sucks so bad. <laughs> and then he says, he's going to play it. The kid cheers. And he says, I'm actually not that song's lame. Um, I will say one of one thing I can that feels so so authentic is the fact that this shitty ass DJ gets hired everywhere. Because um, <laughs> I've I've dealt with some, and I'm not someone who regularly says people are overpaid for doing something. Overpaid DJs are wild. Uh, that it is just such a like. Some of them are so, so shitty and then paid a lot for no reason. And it drives me crazy when uh, you go to a bar and a DJ is making more than anyone else there and they're driving business out of the place. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, just like also how slightly shitty the DJ was, <laughs> like personality wise. Yeah. He, he <laughs> they, There's some really funny gags with him too. Like his... There's a scene where he's getting in the headspace. They show that he has a hairpiece. Uh, yeah, and he always wears a disco matter. ball helmet. Wears but a yeah. disco um, ball helmet. Drives a purple And like Kia. stunner shades, I think. He's like, trying almost to, stunner shades. He's trying to get a ticket from the meter that he calls her the meter maid. They're called, what are they called? Like parking cops? Parking who, enforcement. Who yeah. <laughs> um and he parks in a handicapped spot like he's supposed to be a shitty guy because <laughs> he's a dj yeah. i think that adam sandler doesn't like djs uh, you shouldn't uh djs don't do anything and i'm willing <laughs> to just say that they are no well, dj's ever been as so good as a jukebox audience. yeah the dj part i mean i 
I've met plenty of DJs who are good people, um, but I've met more DJs that are kind of shitty people. I I met a DJ, uh, used to hire him. He was the youngest master hypnotist in the world, according to him. And you tell me that's not a person who's like fucking shitty somewhere? No way. Master hypnotist. He was really good at magic tricks. He was crazy good. (laughs) I don't trust him at all. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Well, like, uh... no offense. That's what AI should be doing. Just DJing you think, for you us. think AI should take over DJ jobs? Yes. Well, let's end this podcast before you go on another long rant. I no, I think I think the DJ one's okay. Um, and for uh, Sean Cohen, uh, the Lamonsoffs uh, peer, they sit next to him at the second bar mitzvah. Oh, there's your connection. Well, there we go. Yeah. Um, Alex, you you want to plug anything? You want to say anything about us? Um. I don't know. If you own a small game store, you can buy our games now. And that seems strange. Um, so, yeah, check out wannabegames.com. Get our stuff through ACD. You can buy it online, too. I don't, I don't, we don't have anything. Just, yeah, go to our website. I think we have all our stuff there for the most yeah, part. That, that works. And the thing that I would like for your, you to say is take my wife, please. Thank you.